I'm Sean Escobar. This is episode 87. Today we're talking about marriage, sex, and alcohol. Welcome to the Mormon Enlightenment Podcast, hosted by Wannabe Balanced. My name is Crystal Escobar. And I'm Sean Escobar. This podcast started out as a self-help podcast for moms and has transformed into a documentation of our journey out of Mormonism. Our goal is to make it safe for others to live their authentic life, break free from social norms and limiting beliefs, and inspire others to courageously share their truth. In February 2018, Sean published a recording between him and the man who sexually abused him as a child. This man was the director of the most recent Temple Endowment video, and the story was featured on the front page of the New York Times. Sean has become a powerful advocate for victims of sexual abuse. Crystal founded the Wannabe Balanced brand in 2010 and recently published her first book. Now we have decided to partner up and grow this special post-Mormon community. We want people to feel safe to follow their hearts, even if that means leaving one's lifelong religion. Not only should they feel safe to leave, they should be able to do so with their dignity intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm excited that I have Sean here today. He, um, he did an incredible video the other day in the Mormon Enlightenment Facebook group. And I just was like, oh my gosh, we got to do this in a podcast too. Because I'm just very particular about like audio and <laughs> like lighting and everything. So he's really good about like spontaneously sharing messages. And I'm really good about scheduling and <laughs> making sure we have good audio and kind of be, I'm more of the planner in the relationship. But this message that he shared. This, that was the nice way of saying <laughs> your video sucked only because of the audio sucked and the lighting sucked. <laughs> and yeah, so... <laughs> Well, it was such a powerful message. I'm like, I want to make sure that everybody can really hear what you're saying and get the most out of it and more people can find it also because in the Facebook group, things easily get buried and and, um, people may never see the video that he did. So I wanted to make sure to get it on the the podcast and on the YouTube channel as well. Yeah, the audio was not good because he was watering the grass and uh, you know I, I noticed those things and it was really windy. So I'm just like, oh, it was so good. I just wish there wasn't like the water in the background and the wind and all that. So we're going to revisit this whole message. And I mean, I just loved Sean's thoughts and we've just been learning so much. I mean, it's been two years now since we've been out of the church and it's funny because you do think that you you overcome certain hurdles in your marriage and you're like, oh my gosh, like we're so good now. Like everything's so much better. And and then you just get comfortable and you think like things are going to just stay that good. <laughs> they do for a long time, but then something else comes up and it's it always ends up being a really good thing, but it's just really painful when we're going through it. And it's a lot of stress and a lot of talking and arguing. And <laughs> so it, over the last two weeks, we've really come so far in our relationship. We've overcome a lot of things. We've um, come to a better understanding with one another. And so I'm just really grateful for where we're at. And we wanted to just go through and share some of the things that we have learned more recently. I think in um, in the beginning, when we first left the church, like we I think we get a little overzealous with like how we want to allow one another to be free and um, we don't, we want to remove all judgment, but I think in an effort to remove judgment, um, we may also unintentionally 
um, rule out all reason. We were trying so hard to let each other be free and we, we didn't want to judge, but we also realized that that mentality can backfire if we try to suppress our true feelings about things. So it's okay to speak up. It's okay to set boundaries in your relationship. It's okay to have requests of one another as long as you both feel you are equally compromising. You can protect your marriage without trying to control or change one another. And so Sean is going to go into a little bit of what he talked about and how some of the things that we've learned and how we've realized that um, freedom is still very much a good thing. But here's some tips on how to safely navigate your newfound freedom. Hey, guys. Good to be with you. Uh, Thanks, Crystal. Appreciate it. Glad you liked my video and everything about it. (laughs) Um, But now, Crystal and I... We have been talking about this a lot um, over the last, gosh, it's been months, but we're seeing in the post-Mormon world um, some things that are very concerning, and we don't operate from a place of, you know, we need to dictate to the post-Mormon world what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing, and, you know, even just consider that that kind of, um, that kind of dynamic the post-Mormon world really resents that. Um, the post-Mormon world does not, by and large, it's it's really this quandrum because they don't want to be told what to do, but <laughs> left to their own devices, um, they get into a lot of trouble and a lot of problems. Um, there is some truth uh, when people say that, you know, when people leave the church, uh, their whole lives kind of fall apart now, obviously, that's a biased view, but based on what I'm seeing in, in uh, a lot of different situations, it, you know, there's some truth to that. And so Crystal and I have been thinking, like, why is that? Why is that that, you know, it appears as though many people go off the deep end? Um, why is it that so, so many people get obsessive over um, alcohol? Absolutely obsessive. To the, you know, to the extent that it's all they want to talk about, it's all they want to do. And we were thinking about it and we were looking at, you know, a lot of different um, situations that we're familiar with. And we thought, gosh, you know, it's almost appears as if those people would be better off as Mormons. Not that, you know, not that being a Mormon is, <laughs> is really an option anymore. But, you know, at least the Mormon church provided people uh, some guidance in terms of you know, what they should and shouldn't avoid and what they should and shouldn't do. And it, we, Crystal, we kind of feel like people left to their own devices, um, they just go crazy. Like, and obviously a part of that is a result of leaving a very suppressive religion mm-hmm. and they just go absolutely crazy. So one of the things that's been good for Crystal and myself is, you know, having that spousal relationship like Crystal's talking about, some accountability there, Um we were talking about certain things that, you know, Crystal takes the lead on and certain things that I take the lead on. Um, when it comes to alcohol, I would say that Crystal enjoys drinking alcohol even more than I do, but she's also aware of that, which is kind of cool because she's aware that she, you know, would drink a lot and frequent if she just allowed herself to do that. And so, um, I think if, 
if she was to be, become an alcoholic, I would probably step in and say, no, no, no. But she's kind of cool because she has this self-awareness and she's realized that, oh, like, you know, I, I really do like to drink and I would keep drinking frequently. And, and if I don't rein this in, um, this could get out of hand. And she doesn't think it's ultimately good for her health. And we know that it's not. Um, so just being, you know, honest about that. And, um, you know, the moderation thing, right? The whole moderation thing. That's one of the problems when people leave the Mormon church is moderation just goes out the window. We want moderation in our life and we want wholesomeness in our life. And, um, we want to feel like we have self-control and we have, we have accountability and we have boundaries that can be so confusing post-Mormonism. And so Crystal, for instance, has set some boundaries for us around alcohol, and we only drink um, so often and so many drinks. And, and uh, it's great because, you know, uh, then we have something to look forward to, um, and we don't just overindulge, and, and it becomes like this daily occurrence where all of a sudden we're, we're slipping and, and we're, not do, we're doing ourselves... Uh, you know, a disservice. I know a lot of people that drink a lot and they don't like to hear anyone say that, you know, hey, you know, you shouldn't drink that much or you drink too much. Um, and I assume that in the post-Mormon world, a lot of people feel that way. Crystal pointed out something that's very important. When you leave Mormonism, all of a sudden your spouse is like found this newfound liberty and independence and they just want to do whatever they want whenever they want. Um, and don't you think, Crystal, that it's been, it, it was awkward at times when you have to step in and say, hey, you know, uh, we shouldn't do that that often. And fearing that I'm going to, you know, have like my ego and, and flare up and say, no, no, I want to do what I want to do. And, and I don't want to be judged. And I don't want accountability. And that was what it was like to be a Mormon. And you can't do that to me. And now you're my source of pain. The Mormon church was my source of shame and guilt and pain. Now you become my source of shame and guilt and pain. And it, it just creates this horrible chemistry in your marriage if you don't have open communication and if you're not humble and, um, and open and, and really honest about you know how things are. It's the same with sex. Um, Crystal and I have had to learn boundaries and what, what works and what doesn't work around sex. And there's some things that, you know, that might work for me that don't work for her. Um, and I've had to learn to, to respect those things. Bottom line is, you know, we have talked about certain things that in a fantasy realm seem exciting. Uh, they seem, um, harmless because it is make-believe, uh, but uh, how would you explain that, Crystal? It's almost like something that was fantasy. You could see how it could have become a rea reality. It could have, potentially, um, you know, and then you it's a wake-up. It's like, oh, you know, this is how people end up going down bad r roads, roads that, you know, will potentially harm your marriage we've had to learn to uh to stop we have done a couple episodes with natasha helfer parker and she's helped us through a lot of these different things and helped us navigate and but i you know i i think it is expected to run into a few pitfalls as you start um opening up to new ways of thinking or around your um intimacy in in your own relationship but i think that um what happens is yeah, you start to blend your fantasy into real life stuff 
unintentionally. So I just think it's something to be aware of, like just always be aware of keeping things in a fantasy realm if that's what you both choose to do. I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression, but you know, I think we just started to get a little confused at one point, like what is fantasy and and is this really just a fantasy or is this something that we're wanting to do? And what does the other person really want? Yeah, like not really sure what the other person really wants and and so yeah, it just takes some time and lots and lots of communication and non-judgment on both parts, you know. And so that's just one thing that we've had to work through and but I don't believe that it's something that you need to fear necessarily it's just more be aware keep that communication open always and um yeah so we're not trying to instill any fear around these things it's just trying to share our experience and and uh, maybe some tips on how to avoid certain pitfalls that you may doing things that you may regret kind of thing this might help um so an example of what that might look like. Uh, I think in the fantasy realm, everybody has this fantasy of like a, a one night stand. In fact, a lot of married, married couples, one of the most common role plays that married couples uh, reenact, and you've seen it on like Modern Family with Phil and his wife, um, they reenact a one night stand where you just meet with someone. Other, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with each other they reenact it, but but they don't they don't reenact it as they. She pretends to be this stranger, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I know from experience because I had a a setback right right after my mission. I know that um, a one night stand is is not a great thing. Um, as a Mormon, it wasn't a great thing. Um, it's exciting in the moment, and then right after you feel like ugh kind of yucky like I don't even know that person I don't know what germs they have I don't know where they've been who they've been with and so for me it was a wake-up call like yuck but here's the thing even as a post-Mormon two years out of the religion we've been out two years now um, I still think like even if I was single a one-night stand is is no I don't want to do that yuck like I would want to get to know someone really well. So that's where the fantasy realm and reality are two completely different things. If you're anything like me, it's like there's a lot of risks involved in real life type um, sexual encounters. So Crystal, uh, I just let her take the lead on that because, um, you know, fantasy wise, I got a lot of things that are, you know, kicking around in, in my brain and but. Um, and, and I think when you're in the thick of it, you can get carried away your thoughts and, and, uh, you know, your um, desires when you're turned on, you know, you kind of lose sense of reality. And then as soon as you, uh, that, that, as soon as you're (laughs) complete, um, uh, you notice that, Oh, I would never really do that. Have you guys ever done that? Like in the fantasy realm, like you've done something or talked about something and it kind of works. But then as soon as you're done, finished, um, you're like, yeesh, yeah, that would never, no, hell no. So it's kind of like that. But I think a lot of people keep that going. And so until it's like too late and, and I'm, we're seeing that, we're seeing people that are making some pretty significant, um, 
yeah, let's just call them mistakes. Uh, let's not be afraid to say that we human beings make mistakes. And the best kind of people are the ones that can admit that they make mistakes. Yes. And I want to add another thing that we kind of talked about last night and how, you know, we tend to think, well, it's just biology. And we start to think more logically about things. And we try to remove like all the spiritual aspects of things because we're so triggered by it all. And, and we just feel so confused. I think that's the just the best way to describe it. It's just a lot of confusion. And when we remove the whole like spiritual part of like intimacy, meaning like your heart and, and you can think of it all as biology and you just look at, you know, like your body being aroused because it's biology and what, what turns you on is just biology. But we're forgetting the fact that our heart is also part of our biology. And so you have to be careful with your heart because just because certain things um, arouse you or turn you on, that doesn't mean that you can disconnect from your heart and actually make these things like a real life, you know, because your heart is very much involved in, it should be involved, I think, when it comes to how we're considering um, our relationship with one another. And so when I think, of, when I always try to include my heart in things, then I'm very much uh, aware of keeping things in fantasy and not turning anything into reality because then your heart really is involved and we don't want to do anything to disrupt our marriage and we know our heart is very much a part of our our marriage and and we just don't want to we don't want to um hurt that we don't want to destroy what we've worked so hard to build yes i don't i mean we say that all the time crystal and i say we have so much going for us we've we've created this incredible life we have these beautiful children um we've invested 16 years into one another um, we know each other so well. We really do feel this oneness that we never even imagined was possible, and it just continues to grow. This is one of the reasons that substance um, can be such a dangerous thing, uh, because Crystal's talking about you know the connection to your heart, um, and substance obviously can impair judgment, and you could potentially do things that. Uh, that uh, you regret. And sex is a form of substance, in my opinion. Um, sex is incredibly intoxicating. You get those juices <laughs> flowing. You get those uh, hormones going and, and all of a sudden, like, yes, you will do things uh, that you didn't intend on doing or in, in, you know, in a better place of judgment you wouldn't do if you were able to sit down and weigh the pros and the cons, the, the consequences. Um, you know, you would uh, you would do otherwise. So substance can be incredibly dangerous that way. And that's one of the reasons I've been so afraid of substance, not having substance with my wife. I don't I don't worry about that at all. But ultimately, we value our marriage um, over what some might call freedom or independence. Uh, sometimes coming out of a religion can cause uh, a lot of selfishness with thoughts like, I was suppressed, I, I want to be me, I, I never got to do this, um, I never got to be what I wanted to be, and uh, I got to tell you, that's dangerous territory, and I, I'm i so glad that you and I, Crystal, had those experiences we did in our teens, where I, I did lose my virginity when I was, I think, 17, and I, uh, you know, and I had a girlfriend, and, um, and I did... Uh, try you know substance there was substance use 
Um, I always tell a story. I remember uh, getting so drunk off a beer bong when I was probably 17, 18, and so drunk off a beer bong, didn't, never knew what a beer bong was, didn't realize how drunk you could get so fast, and I made out with a girl, and to this day, I don't know who it was, and it, like, I'm mortified by that, like, I, I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad that I didn't do more than that with that girl, but it scares the crap out of you. You're like, whoa, like, I don't remember who that was or how that happened or scary stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, yeah, like, be careful with what you call freedom. Be careful with the midlife crisis stuff. Like, well, you know, we never got to travel. I've seen it. I've seen where parents are not, they don't have the same level of commitment to their children. Uh, it's like we were so suppressed and we had to be home all the time and mom had to raise those kids and now we just want to go, 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 go all the time and party, party, party and have fun, 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 fun. It's, I don't know. We, we strive for oneness. I think that's where, where we're, you know, our, our motivation is we strive for oneness, um, around everything. So I I think that's probably the best thing we have going for us is, I never feel like you're holding me back and you're like, well, Sean, I don't, we, we should only drink uh, twice a week. And I'm like, you're holding me back. It's more like, it's more like, wait, I resent that. I resist that. I want to reject that. But then I pause and I do some self inventory and I say, why do I reject that? Why do I resist that? Why do I want to, you know, why do I find myself resenting her? And it's (laughs) truly, uh, that can cause some pretty powerful um, personal growth. What I've come to realize and get very clear on is what ultimately what is the most important thing to me now? Like it used to be God and my religion and my beliefs, but now it's just taken time to really get clear on, well, what do I value most? And and I, it's come down to two things for me, my marriage and personal growth or spiritual growth, however you want to frame it. And for me, I see that those two things are the perfect combination because you actually grow the most in a relationship. We are better in pairs and we know this to be true because we are mirrors for each other. We offer that unconditional love and that mirror for one another. We help each other point, we help point out things about each other that we wouldn't otherwise be aware of. And not anybody, not anybody can just come right out and tell you these things without you, you know, getting really offended and really hurt. You know, like even from our own parents, we don't want to hear certain things, but like something about our intimate relationship and how we are devoted to each other, how we've had these kids together, how we have committed our lives to one another. It really allows us that space and that that level of comfort, not always painless, not always easy to accept those things from each other, you know, that feedback from one another. It's not fun. And we always, we always get angry initially. And we're like, ah, you can't say that. And we get upset when it comes right down to it. And we have a moment to calm down. We can see how the other person is right 
about certain things, you know, and how we can really grow if we're willing to accept the things that that person, that our spouse sees in us that, you know, maybe you could <laughs> try to not do this, or maybe you could try to do this um, in a loving way. And in a way that is only for the benefit of the other person, really. It's not because we're trying to control uh, one another. It really is genuinely for the benefit of the other person because we see certain things that the other person doesn't see. And so I just feel um, so strongly about the fact that our, our marriage can allow us to grow even more. And, you know, some people might think, well, maybe I'm better off alone and single. I can actually be free to be me and do the things that I really want to do. And I've always been wanting to do. And you might come to a point in your marriage where you feel like your, your spouse or your marriage is holding you back in life. But I honestly don't, unless it's an abusive relationship, I honestly don't think that your spouse or your marriage can hold you back because it's just an opportunity for you to grow leaps and bounds, like more than you would ever grow as a single person. And um, it's just, it takes effort on both parts. It takes unconditional love on both parts. And, you know, like you both have to be willing to constantly be open to feedback, be willing to, to improve and to do your best to try to improve. But to me, I, I just feel so comforted in knowing that I think I believe in marriage and I believe that we have the ability to make any marriage work unless it's abusive. So <laughs> that's the only thing that I can see that could actually end a marriage. Yeah. So Crystal pointed out some great things right there about um, strengths and weaknesses. And so uh, I, I can see this in my marriage with Crystal, like the reason I was attracted to her um, beyond the physical was I sensed in her um, things that I lack myself. Um, I sensed in her, I'll give you an example of a couple things, like she's incredibly tolerant and I am not that much um, inherently, inherently, like you know, who I am based on my childhood experiences and my programming, my conditioning, I'm inherently not that tolerant. I'm not a trusting person. Um, I'm judgmental. You know, there's other things about me as well that, uh, you know, I, I could go on and on about the things that, you know, Crystal kind of, she she brings me up a level, you know, she, she fills a void for me. And I think I do the same for her. One of the things that she always says that she is very... Um, envious of in me is that I'm very assertive. So I get what I want. And she oftentimes won't be assertive and speak up and, and say what she really wants or what she doesn't want or what she doesn't appreciate. Um, she'll let people kind of take advantage of her. She's extremely trusting, which can be a good thing and it can also be a bad thing. So like around beliefs, uh, we're in a different space around beliefs. Um, Crystal is so desirous to find uh, you know, she's even said, like, I feel like my, my mission on this earth is to figure out, you know, why we're here and, and what we're supposed to be doing and all this. And there's, that's, she's not alone in that. Like, that's like probably the majority of mankind is they're, they're dying to know and, and, and find out why they're here and whatnot. There's hundreds of thousands of people out there that'll tell you why you're here. 
Um, they'll they'll spell it out A to Z. This is where you came from, and this is why you're here, and this is what you're supposed to be doing. And usually they'll charge you for that. But all I'm saying is I'm extremely skeptical of people that will try to fill that void. Um, and so I've just decided that I need to be okay with the void. doesn't mean I'm an atheist. Uh, it just means that I'm okay not knowing. And I'm okay believing that no one knows. And that doesn't make me feel jaded. It doesn't. I don't feel like, ew, everyone's liars. I, I can see where everybody's need to fill the void comes from. I, I, you know, I feel it myself. I'm familiar with that feeling. But I'm also, I also know people. And I know, you know, historically, people will step in and try to fill that void for you. And, um, yeah, yeah, right? Or start a religion. Or <laughs> yeah, so how many times will you meet post-Mormons? And John uh, DeLynn did an awesome post about this recently, and he's like, how many times do you meet post-Mormons? And they leave Mormonism because, you know, uh, for whatever reason they leave Mormonism, and then they they sink their teeth into something else right away, and then you can't tell them that it's not true, whatever it is. Um and so, you know, that's why some post-Mormons become super charged about Christianity. Like, they almost become uh, like those um, fanatical evangelical Christian types. And you can't even say anything without them, you know, throwing Jesus at you. Uh, it's fine if that's you. That's okay. We don't have a problem with that. But just be aware of it. Just be aware of, you know, I would just say be aware of... Uh, the need to fill the voids and, and the, the passion around that and, and the need to tell other people about it all the time. The need to, Crystal noticed that about herself. I thought that was one of the most awesome things about you is I said, Crystal, if these beliefs that you are kind of, um, you know, and you've talked about those on the podcast and such, and I said, if those beliefs are, uh, if it's optional and if it's working for you and if it's not required and it's not hurting anybody, then why are you so desperate for me to be on the same page as you? Why, why are you so desperate for me to understand and, and you're constantly trying to, to share those beliefs with me and get me to also believe them? Mm -hmm. And that's just human nature, you know? Mm -hmm. That's part of that insecurity is it makes me feel more secure if I can get other people on board with me. Yeah, it's so true. It, it's like insecurity, the need to be understood. Um, the You almost have this illusion in your mind that if you are on the same page about these things, then you will be closer in your relationship. And I've, I'm coming to re realize that that is not true. Like Sean and I are closer than ever before. And we, this is the first time in our lives where our beliefs are very different. And I can see the beauty in his way of seeing the world. And I still can actually be okay with the way I choose to see the world and not feel in any way to get Sean to see my perspective. And, and we're both actually learning to do that with each other. Like we're both dropping that need to express that to one another and kind of influence one another in that way. And we're just comfortable and in our own perspective and appreciating the other's perspective and, and, and even enjoying that we don't share the same beliefs or perspective because I learned so much by really trying to step into Sean's 
shoes and understand there is a lot of beauty in not sharing the same beliefs. And that was really hard thing for me to understand or comprehend, especially in a marriage. I'm like, no way. Like how can a marriage last if you don't even share the same beliefs? And now I'm like, oh my gosh, this is even better if we don't share the same beliefs. It can be very amazing. We can learn so much from each other. Because here's what's so cool about it, right, Crystal? Uh, you can fill voids in me and and those can become part of me. Um, and I can fill voids in you. So where I am uh, more logical and more practical, um, more literal, I can fill that for you. And where you are more, um, you know, like we could call it, we, we could call it spiritual, you know, like I think this word spiritual is just thrown out there too broadly all the time, but you, you like... Uh, rituals, uh, not satanic rituals, but you know, you like rituals, you like, um, uh, healing things and, and you like to believe in crystals and you like to believe in, um, in all these different types of modalities. And I, it's not that I'm against it. You know, I'm not, I actually love that about you. Uh, it doesn't appeal to me like it does to you, but I like that part of you and I think it fills a need in me, but I don't think I could ever step into that. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, so we're great that way for each other. I can help Crystal not get taken advantage of. Not that I'm this, you know, you need me and I protect you. And it's not like that, you women's lib motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of being attacked by women's libs. Because, you know, it pisses me off because it's like, you don't get it. You don't understand that we all come from a very, uh, you know, defined role background we all come from this you know definitive roles um we come from a a background of of men dominating see uh so it's i hate it when the the women's rights people jump on someone like me who's trying so hard to to be equal and trying so hard to become a better person and to to let go of all of that and they don't know that you know, they don't see that. So they just, they, anything you say that's not perfectly, you know, in line with gender equality, they just pounce on your ass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, but I can protect Crystal because she is so trusting. Like she is so unbelievably trusting. And she sometimes she'll say, you think they made it up? And I'll be like, I, I think so. Uh, why would they do that, Sean? Well, I don't know. You tell me there's hundreds of thousands of stories and they're all competing and and they can't all be right why in the hell are they making everybody's making it up why you know is it because they want to take advantage of you or is it because they're mentally ill and they believe it because uh, they all can't be right so um, with all that said one of the questions that we thought about that might be helpful is would i be better off as a mormon <laughs> <laughs> Let's think about that. Would I be better off as a Mormon? Now, here's here's one way to look at it. Remove the doctrine. Take it away. Take away the doctrine. Take away the prophets. Take away everything that, you know, is that, that we have decided makes it untrue. Um, and just look at the behavior and the lifestyle. You do not have to re, re, uh, rebel against everything that was Mormon because Mormonism does not have an exclusivity on any of it. They didn't, they didn't create any of it. Mormonism didn't create marriage. They didn't create 
uh, monogamy. Mormonism didn't create wholesomeness. Mormonism doesn't have a trademark on morality. Mormonism doesn't have a trademark on uh, moderation. And so if you just look at all these things and say, that's why a spouse can be so powerful, but we can't be pushovers. Like Crystal has to be able to look at me and say, I kind of like the way that you used to be around this or that. And then I need to be open to to considering that and to evaluating that and to um, maybe stepping into that, you know? So there's things that we've tried that didn't work, you see? They didn't work for us. And we have to, of course, correct here and there. And that's part of the beauty of being in a really committed relationship is I wouldn't hear it from anyone else. I wouldn't. Nor could they even tell me. Because I'd be like, you don't know me. But she knows me. And so we've had this powerful opportunity to grow and to become more and more and more just one thing. And it's been incredible. It's been exhilarating. It's been hard as, my God, it's been hard. (laughs) I mean, we have, it has been two years of the biggest roller coaster you could ever imagine. The highs, so high. The lows, so low and debilitating and hopeless. Um, and yet, you know, here we are and we're still committed each to each other and we, we've never, uh, done any irreparable damage to our marriage. You know, just because you decide not to be Mormon doesn't mean you should just remove all the good of Mormonism. I think that, that, that's one of the first things that we told ourselves was we're leaving Mormonism, but we are going to hold on to all of the the good values, morals, principles um, that have become part of us. And so I think a lot of people, they resent the trauma from Mormonism so bad that they want to get rid of all of it. Or they just get a little too excited about all the things that they now get to do. And I think it is very normal to go a little crazy and maybe push the boundaries a little too far at times. And I still can appreciate the belief of no judgment. And I didn't want this episode to be fear-based in any way and to, to have a judgmental tone. And I hope that you're not feeling this. And just know that we're sharing very real experiences of our own. And we are not trying to put ourselves above anyone as post-Mormons. Um, we're just trying to share some of our pitfalls, some of the things that we've realized um, can happen as you leave the religion. And you, if you're just more aware of certain things, maybe you can just be aware in your own relationships. Don't beat yourselves up over the mistakes or what you may feel are mistakes. Don't beat yourself up over it. Like, we don't have to do that. Like, that's the beauty of not being in a religion and no longer feeling like you have this judgmental God always watching everything you do and trying to work toward eternal salvation and all that stuff that I feel like we've released. And so that is a beautiful thing. It's just, I think we wanted to do this episode to hopefully, like, save marriages, you know, because I think that um, we see certain things and we've even seen some things in our own marriage that we're like, oh my gosh, like, whoa, where where are we headed here? You know, and we don't want to mess anything up. And it's just important to get really clear on what your, what your ultimate goals are and values are in your marriage. 
and then just stick with them just the same way you did in the religion. You know, it does not have to be religious and it doesn't have to be for God, but it can just be simply because you value your marriage that much. Beautiful. I think that's a great way to end this. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. I value it and, and I agree. It's not irreparable, you know, damage. It never is. Even if one of you was uh, intimate with another person, like it's not irreparable damage. If you can actually grow from that. Um, and I know people that have been married like a lifetime who had to overcome such things. I actually know several. Mm-hmm. I actually know just off the top of my head, a handful of people that have been married 30 plus years, uh, 40, 50 even. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, they had affairs. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, go ahead and go have an affair. Um, but you, that can, you know, it's not a death sentence. Um, so yeah, I hope you don't get the wrong impression. I just hope people will start to take some accountability, take some inventory Take some accountability. You want to grow? Sit down with your spouse and say, in all honesty, say, hey, lay it on. Give it to me straight. You love me. I love you. Let's have a little session here. What, what, what do I do that you don't really appreciate? If you can get to that space where you're not going to react, you're not going to freak out, you're not going to fire back, uh, but you can hear that. And uh, hopefully you can both get there. Uh, and, and then that'll cause some pretty significant um, growth and you'll become more and more and more uh, evolved. Uh, that, that would be my, my hope. Uh, you can step into this place where your marriage is way, way better than it was in the religion. It's going to take time. You probably should invest in therapy, uh, invest in personal growth, invest in education, like you need to start taking some massive, massive ownership of your life. Here's a great little analogy for you. People say, well, I don't want to be employed anymore. I'm sick of my boss telling me what to do. I'm sick of my boss giving me all these parameters. I'm sick of my boss penalizing me if I mess up. I want to be self-employed. Then I can do whatever I want all the time. Well, I know based on 18 years in you know in an industry where we teach people self-employment, People get out of employment and they completely fall apart. Uh, they do not know how to self-discipline themselves. They do not know how to set boundaries. They, they don't know how to motivate themselves. Uh, they don't know how to be creative, resourceful, how to, how to self-educate. Uh, and so they fail. In fact, they fail the majority of the time. They fail. The ones that make it are the ones that are devoted completely uh, to personal growth, personal mastery, accountability. They actually create accountability for them through accountability partners and masterminds and things of that nature. And uh, these are people who invest greatly in education. Okay. So if I'm just saying, like, there's a need for religion. John DeLynn has been saying it forever, and he's been out of the church a lot longer than we have. There's a need for religion. Why? Because people get out of it and they completely fall apart. The morals go out the window. The values go out the window. The the uh, wholesomeness goes out the window. The self-discipline, gone. Um, and they just completely fall apart. Here's a comment that came from that, that video online. 
just to give you an example of you know how people feel. This one, uh, it just is from a, a guy on Facebook, but he says, uh, thought I should thank you personally for your latest video on marriage and relationships. Wish we lived closer together. I really related. You might have helped stop me from doing something dumb too. Thanks so much and have a great day. Uh, we just we just want to help. I hope you guys can sense our motivation. Our motivation is that you can create your own word of wisdom. You can create your own law of chastity. You, you can rewrite the script, um, and I encourage you to do so. And nobody has to do that for you. You make it work for your marriage. Please, please, please be sensitive to your spouse. I think that's one of the, the main things we want you to take away from this is to be sensitive of your spouse. Be sensitive to how they feel. Be sensitive to what they're going through. Um, be sensitive to their needs. Be sensitive to um, how things make them, uh, you know, there's going to be things that do not work for them. You have to accommodate them. You have to. If you don't, then it, you're, you're not going to have that oneness we talk about. Marriage is always about compromise, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So we just, we want the best for you. We want the best for your children. We want the best for your families. That's where this is all coming from. That's why we have been talking about this nonstop. We want to see marriages and families better off, not worse off. So let's make that happen. Let's, let's have that be the reality. Thanks for listening to the Wannabe Balanced podcast. Get access to free resources available at wannabebalanced.com. If you love the show, then leave a review or share it with a friend. Until next week.